All right, welcome listeners to another 321Go podcast. We're really excited this week to be joined by Nick Mann. Uh, Nick is the owner of OBP Gym in Woodbridge, Virginia, and he is also the founder of Strength to Change, uh, strength, the number two, change.com. Nick, thanks for coming on the show. Matt, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. So for the listeners that don't know, last year we ran a contest at 321Go Project, and we asked for people to uh, submit an essay with some questions um, to receive some of our our, uh, web design services and business coaching services. And and Nick's submission to us, uh, it, it it was they were all incredible, but but something about Nick's uh, uh, vision and passion for strength to change, uh, it it was it was almost unanimous across our entire team. Um, so Nick, why don't you share with the audience a little bit about uh, where you're taking this strength to change? So Strength to Change came about after we started a youth program in our gym and we realized we could really make an impact on youth in the area that wouldn't have the opportunity otherwise to be able to train in a fitness environment, a team environment, and kind of see that progress and make a change in their life. So obviously we all open our gyms and we put a, a decent price tag on it because it is a business but we also want to provide that impact. And when we started training youth, I opened it up to 100% and some 50% off scholarships via application process or recommendations from members or teachers in our community. And we started getting these great kids in that would otherwise have never been able to train with us. And what we saw is immediate change in their personalities, their outlook on life, You know how much they were enjoying going to school and coming to the gym and not, not just their fitness, but their overall outlook on life improved. And I, in my mind, I was like, man, there's got to be a way we can do more than just impact the 20 kids, the 10 kids that are local in our area that can get to our, our gym. So, you know, writing my vision down on paper, I was like, hey, why can't we do this nationally? Why can't we do this on a larger scale, maybe just in a youth gym? And as the ideas started flowing and I was brainstorming with other people, I, I came up with Strength to Change. And what that is, our nonprofit organization that uh, does a couple things. So one, we, we provide scholarships across the nation for at-risk youth that can get to pre-existing programs. And then also now we're focusing on building our own strength gym in high-risk youth environments. So our first program in that uh, area is going to be in Washington, D.C., which is pretty local to me. I'm in Northern Virginia, and that's going to allow kids to come there after school and have that safe, positive environment after school five days a week and really make some impact. Dude, that's I okay. I, I want to dig into this a lot because you hit on 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 a number of things that I want to come back to. But Nick, take us back to the beginning. When did you start o- OBP Gym? So we opened in October of 2014. Actually, in my one car garage with some athletes that I had worked with previous, and uh, I had moved on from another position at a local gym, and they wanted to come with. So I started training in my in my garage almost all day throughout the throughout the workday, and then we moved into our current spot in January of 2015. Awesome. And when did, so when you opened up your gym, uh, you obviously affiliated as well during that time, and when did this youth program come about? 
so I started with one kid. I had, a, I had an athlete that had a son who was very interested. And I was like, yeah, I had never done anything with youth before outside of, you know, like a camp counselor growing up in like high school and college. But I was excited to work with youth. It was one of my passions was to start a youth strength and conditioning program with high school athletes or, you know, young people. So I believe it was May of 15, we started that program. And then in June, a lot of kids got out of school and we ended up with, I think, eight kids over that first summer. What did that you, uh, came into the youth program. What did you do to uh, initiate some of this uh, awareness for your youth program? How did you get those, you know, when you went from like one to eight, how did you get those other seven kids to come in? So really it was, it was reaching out to our, our current client base. So we have a ton of families. We're a very densely family-oriented gym. So we immediately reached out to our current members and said, hey, we're launching this youth program do you have kids or do you know of kids that would be interested? And we have some athletes that are kids, sons and daughters of current members, but we also have a couple teachers in the community and they're like, hey, I have some kids that I think would be really interested in this. I'm going to push it out to their parents or to them through my school. And that's how we got our immediate following, I guess you could say. So was that first focus that you had with this kids program around training sport-specific athletes, or was it just kids coming in to train much like their parents are coming in for, like, a, you know, GPP program? It was really just for kids to come in and train and get some physical fitness in their life. Um, We were willing to work with kids, and we think our program was able to do that just with our programming, but the main focus was not necessarily elite athletic performance at the high school level. So... Yeah, what's really cool about that, Nick, is that I love that you just asked your current clients. I think oftentimes we get, as gym owners, I mean, I don't know if you get this way like I do, but sometimes I begin to think so big picture. you like too big picture that I just don't stop and ask the person I'm working out with in that moment, like, Hey, do you have do you have any kids, or do you have a, a do you run a company that that could come in here and train? But from the sounds of it, Nick, it was just as simple as asking around. Yeah, and that's I found that to be a very important part of our business, whether it be our youth program or you know getting referrals or getting um, reviews on Yelp and Google and Facebook. Like, don't be afraid to ask your current clients to hook you up because they they if you really dive in and you take care of your people, they're going to take care of you. And we've had great feedback with that. That's good, man. That's awesome. So you've got this youth program running with, and you know, obviously you said we started off just asking who our members. You know, do you have kids? What, you know, would your kids want to come in here and train and make it a sort of a family thing? Now, when did this begin to turn the corner from you know kids of your members or you know kids of these teachers into a more like oh this is potentially a, a we can have a an impact almost like a, a charitable type outreach. Yes, yeah, so in the fall, one of the actual teachers from my gym recommended uh, a young man, I believe he was 12 years old, to come to the program, and he was profoundly deaf. So 100% deaf, but she thought he'd be a great fit, had never really been on a sports team. Um, I think a lot of it attributed to coaches didn't know how to work with him, and it was a lot of burden on a typical you know rec sport coach to go out of their way to work with this young man. And I was like, yeah, absolutely bring him in. But he was also a foster, a foster child locally. So there wasn't a ton of funding 
because it was a large group of kids for them to cover, obviously an expensive program within our gym. So I was like, hey, let's, uh, let's just give him a scholarship and let him come in here. I think it'll be good for him, good for us. You know, we're all about being involved in the community, and then we'll see what happens. And once he came in, and literally two or three days in, he and I are figuring each other out, and you can just see the light bulb come on and like a love of fitness happening at that moment. And it was just awesome for him, and he didn't know it, but it was probably even more awesome for me <laughs> and for our community to see him come in and work hard and have that positive atmosphere around him and the smile on his face, and he wants to learn how to clean and jerk and snatch, and he doesn't even know what they are, but he sees the the adults in the gym and the other kids in the gym doing it and like he's all in and it was just awesome and after working with him they kind of clicked for me like hey if we can do this with one person why can't we build something that can do more oh, and it just yeah. rolled from there man i love that that's like the third time nick you've said during this interview why can't we do this i think that's a good sign of a, of an entrepreneur with a really strong vision is that something resonates with you and you just simply say, why not? Why could we not try this? And I think that's what's so impressive about, I mean, honestly, in the length of time you and I have been talking about Strength to Change, Nick, it's uh, the acceleration has been so rapid with this program. And, and I think that's due in large part to you, like this entrepreneurial vision that you have, this, this uh, willingness to say, why not? Why can't we do this? Why can't we make this bigger? Those kinds of things are really what I feel like drives the the entrepreneur. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so Nick, uh, and and honestly, man, kudos to you. I, I'm I'm so impressed with the with the momentum that you've developed through this thing. So, you mentioned this this first kid that came in, the kid you mentioned being profoundly deaf, uh, and he he was looking at the other members of your gym, the other members of your community. How has that been received by, you know, there's these kids on scholarship, and then you've obviously got your paying members that uh, sort of supported this program during its uh, development. How has your community received uh, these, these kids coming into your gym? Well, it's been great. I, I think, you know, once you involve the greater community into these th- projects you want to do, whether it be, you know, working with at-risk youth or raising money for other um, charities or whatever, it, it just brings everyone that much closer and shows that, yes, you're coming in to get fit, you know, you have your own struggles, whether that be at work or your family life, but you're actually part of something bigger and you're part of our OBP community, you're part of the Strength to Change community, that together we can do more. And it was great, once the kids started coming in and working hard, the adults started asking, you know, if they missed the kid, say a kid missed a couple of days. Well, I, I didn't see you know them come in today. You know what's what's going on with them? Like, oh, he actually made his wrestling team. He's he's out there at a wrestling tournament, or you know the kids asking about certain adults that have kind of been checking on them. And it's just awesome to see the interaction between two small parts of our community that make the greater piece of the community. And it starts with our staff as well as you know one of our core values is you know being a part of the greater community doing charitable things, you know, giving back what we've been fortunate enough to receive. And we've, we've built that in, and it's really taken over our whole community. So one thing that we always talk about with gym owners is just what you said, is creating those core values or, you know, some people call it like your differentiating factor, like what makes you different from every other gym. And, and it's clear to me that you have this. You have your 
core values and it seems to be really well communicated to your community. Are there, are there any measures that you take to make sure that any, like if I were to join your gym as just a dude looking to get fit, how are you going to let me know that, Hey, this is what this gym is about uh, as I become integrated into your community? Yeah. So it starts with our intro process. We, everyone goes through the one-on-one intro and myself or someone on my staff takes them through a tour of the gym and an easy, you know, quick workout, kind of a, a foundational workout. And then we, we sit down and talk about not only their goals and what they're looking for, but also what our gym stands for, what we find important, and then what our community does as in addition to just working hard in the gym. So we go over those core values and what we stand for. And from day one, uh, my co-owners and myself have been very clear that we're not looking for the 300-person gym with people with headphones on that come in and don't talk to each other and aren't part of something bigger than themselves. We want the solid core of members that participate in events. And when we give, when we do a burpee mile for the American Cancer Society, everyone shows up. Or we raise money for Strength to Change now. Everyone participates. And it's just ingrained, hey, if you're part of this community, we expect you to be more than just an individual. So when I come in to do this intro program at your gym, Nick, uh, like how is this received? When you explain to these new members, this is our core value. Like you can, you know, get on this bus or get off it, but this is absolutely what we're about. How, how is that received from these new members? What is their reaction? Uh, I think everyone receives it very well. I mean, sometimes they're, they're not expecting it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not used to it in a typical gym environment. You know, in, in society today, no one talks to each other. Everyone's headphones in, buried in their phone, not, not communicating. But we're very clear, hey, we're going to say your name and welcome every time you walk in the door. And I think they receive it very well. And you know, It may be different at first for them when they get into the community, but over time, they warm up to it and... You know, everyone's a player. So, Nick, I want to zoom in on the nuts and bolts of, of a kid's program really quick to kind of maybe hammer out if, if somebody's listening to this and this is a kid's program or some kind of youth uh, charitable outreach or something that they want to begin to play around with, let's kind of give them some tools to start down this path. So so first off, uh, is there are there any changes to the layout of your space or your programming to accommodate these kids' programs? Uh, you definitely need the space. So, you know, sometimes I've seen some programs in the past, and even us at, at certain times of the year, if it may be crowded, you know, smaller programs can kind of get pushed to the side. So if CrossFit or functional fitness group classes are your main thing, a lot of times you'll put other programs off to the side and you have to give a dedicated space to every program, mm-hmm. whether that be, you know, they, they can go outside. If you have that good space, that's, that's, that's great. But if you, if you don't give them the kind of respect of a quality space inside the gym, they're not going to feel like they're part of the community. So everyone has their space, um, their designated equipment, et cetera. And programming, are, are, these, are the kids doing a, a variation of the workout of the day? Do you program things specifically to them or sort of some combination of the two? So our program is more strength-based. Mm-hmm. So we don't do so much conditioning because a lot of them are playing sports or 
hopefully doing other things throughout the day that are keeping them active. So we focus on the basics of strength training. We do some main lifts, whether that be powerlifting, weightlifting, and then we go into accessory movements, some dynamic stuff, you know, box jumps, that type of stuff to get them moving. Killer. So uh, as far as like the ages go, when you, I mean, I assume when you say you're doing strength movements, you're probably hitting uh, squat variations, bench, uh, doing some pulling, uh, maybe some, you know, pull-ups, push-ups, some body weight stuff, I would imagine. Uh, How do you begin to, you know, depending on the age of the kids coming in, differentiate between the types of movements that you're going to have them do? So everyone comes in with an evaluation and we we start them off, say we're doing squats. You know, if you're a younger kid, they're going to start with the air squat just like anyone else. And then if we start to add load, it'll be maybe a goblet squat with a a light dumbbell. And then they move up to a kettlebell before they actually grab that barbell and start doing a front squat. And then even to a certain age, we don't want to load up a back squat too much, so they'll stay with the front squat. And just like everyone that comes into a regular CrossFit class, no one program or weight is going to be perfect for anyone. So making sure you can give that individual personalized attention to each client, youth client, adult client, is going to be key to success. So don't overcomplicate it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. So, Nick, biggest challenges, uh, you know, whether, you know, when you had your first uh, kids program where you had the one kid come in and then you know seven others after that kid or now that you've kind of moved on to more like charitable outreach programs what are maybe the top two or three biggest hurdles that you've come across in, in developing these things um with regards to our program and when we started the scholarship aspect of it i'm be honest it's really hard to give away the the scholarships to deserving youth will have teachers recommend children for the program and you know they'll apply and they'll do their part and the parents will seem interested in the program you're like hey we want to reward you with a 50% scholarship or a 100% scholarship and they'll come for two weeks and then you won't be able to get in contact with them mm-hmm. and you're like what is going on I don't know if it's they're not getting the buy-in or the parental involvement, you know, sometimes it's a struggle to keep these kids, and the kids seem like they're really getting a ton out of it, but it's it's frustrating to me because we want to provide that impact, but we're not getting the same, I guess, dedication on the opposite side of the of the equation. So would you say that that's a result of, you know, the, the parents not seeing the value of it, or, or just kind of some, I don't know, I, I'm just trying to put my finger on what you're saying. Yeah, it may be um, the the parents not being so involved in the program, and you know, maybe they're not involved in fitness themselves. So it's just it's just another sport or another after school program gotcha. that yeah. you know they're not really seeing the the value of it. And 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 that little self self evaluation on myself, maybe that's something we can work on is you know putting together some products or inviting them in more often mm-hmm. to be able to see what's actually going on. You know, we could definitely do that. Yeah. So yeah, so any other hurdles that you've experienced through through the development of this? Um, again, with our program and now kind of leading the development of strength to change based on what we've learned in our own program is the transportation piece. So we're obviously not in a major city ourselves so we're everyone's kind of spread out and creating a a time block that parents can get 
their children to the gym and then get them home. Obviously, transportation becomes a huge issue. And that's something we saw early on with Strength Exchange as well, working with other gyms is, hey, we've got some youth or we have a gym that wants to be a part. We've got some youth that want to be a part. We've got the scholarship ready. They can't get to the gym. And you're like, oh, man, <laughs> like we've got both pieces, but like where, how can we make this happen? So moving forward, that's why we're shifting our focus a little bit to having that uh, facility inside of a more densely populated area, a city that kids can use public transportation or walk to the training facility, stay there from you know 3 o'clock after school till 7 when either parents can facilitate getting them or, again, they can walk home. So the vision is instead of bringing the kids out of their environment and into yours, you're going to go into their environment, you know, where they hang out, where they walk around to and from school to kind of like bring it down to them, right? Correct. So looking at other nonprofits that have been hugely successful, the, you know, the Boys and Girls Club and those types, I mean, they're everywhere. So basically taking our vision of a quality program and putting it right in the center of at-risk, in-need, deserving youth and giving uh, us and them no excuse not to participate. So speaking of, of the Boys and Girls Club, I, I know I've done some, some things with them here, here locally. Uh, aside from Boys and Girls Club, are there any other like key partnerships that you've identified or types of partnerships that any gym owner listening to this that wants to get involved with at-risk youth or youth programs? You know, where are some places that we can start looking at in our local community to, to develop these strategic you know, partnerships or agreements to deliver these yep. programs? So two that have been huge for me are teachers in the local area. So we have multiple that are members with us. And then, you know, just outreach to school counselors are a great resource. Sometimes it may, it may take a little bit of legwork to really get in touch and schedule a meeting, get to the school to meet face-to-face with those individuals. But once you show them, hey, we have a quality program that would be great for uh, certain of your students, they've been a great resource for us. And the second one is a local foster care placement agency. So a ton of kids are all over that are, you know, being transplanted from home to home, whether that be a permanent place or just in transient or transit to somewhere else. But these kids need activities. And a lot of those activities will be state funded. So if you can, you know, get your program certified through their channels, they can get their kids to you, and you can actually benefit as a business as well from providing that service. You know, and I'll actually vouch for what you just said with the teachers, Nick. My my wife is a is a teacher at an elementary school in a Title One school, and I know that they have a lot of certainly a lot more flexibility and willingness to take advantage of cool community programs like this. I know that, you know, my wife is, I've actually gone out to her school and, you know, done burpees with the kids and stuff like that. And it was a really great time. So, so gym owners, you could absolutely, I'm sure you've got a teacher in your gym, like Nick said at the beginning, just ask around. Uh, But even like, you know, she does this schoolyard gardens program and I, I just, I know that the teachers in these schools are, are super highly motivated people. And I, I don't know if this has been your experience, Nick, but certainly my wife will vouch for the fact that, yes, please come in. We would love to support anything that you're doing. Yeah, and I think gym owners, um, 
if, at least around here, most of our clients are early morning or afternoon to evening. So you have that time during the day. Obviously, you're running a business, but you can step outside the gym walls for a little bit and get to a school and provide some sort of impact to the youth or just participate in something different. And who knows, a kid may say something to a parent and that's going to just help you with business as well. So in, in thinking about, again, we're, we're trying to deliver some tools right now to the gym owners uh, with whom this resonates, this kind of idea of community action and involvement for youth. Now, uh, Nick, how would you describe maybe your ideal participant in a strength to change program right now? Like, you know, who is this kid? Where is he or she living? What do they participate in? You know, where are we going to access them? So one of our kids, we've, you know, established our perfect uh, member for the program as ages 13 to 18, who isn't highly involved in current school programs, isn't highly motivated in the sports programs at school, and after school, they're typically not supervised. So our goal is to provide a supervised, positive environment for them to come into and have some sort of lifestyle change. So looking, they're motivated young people, but just never had the avenue or outlet to put that motivation to work. Awesome. Um, and so real quick, the last kind of thing on the tactical level, uh, and then I want to zoom back out and kind of think long-term with you, Nick. But um, on a tactical level, again, gym owner listening to this this you know, I, I, I feel drawn to this idea, Nick. And so what, in your estimation, Nick, what are kind of the first two or three steps that a gym owner listening to this can take today to get involved in their community or potentially even get involved with the things that you have going on with Strength to Change? So at their level, I would say if they already have some sort of youth program or even they they have the capability or willingness to allow young people into their normal classes, I would say ask their members if they have one knowledge of youth that may benefit from the program and then reach out to the closest middle or high school in their area and try to set up a meeting with a counselor or a teacher that may be involved in after school programs. And then next to that, I would say reach out to the Boys and Girls Club because that's one way we did figure out how to get transportation was they're very eager to work with us and they have those assets that they can transport kids from their location to your gym to participate. So there it is. It's throw something out in your newsletter, you know, just be like, Hey, are you know, calling all teachers or, you know, do you have any kids that are involved? Do you want to help us out with this? You know, get a meeting with a, a, a teacher or guidance counselor or principal at the closest high school or middle school, and then reach out to a, a boys and girls club. And I mean, I think that's a, a really easy thing that anybody can do to really get the ball rolling if this is something that speaks to them. Now, as far as involvement with strength to change now, Nick, what can we do? What, like, you know, where can we find out more and kind of see where you're going? So you can check out the website. Obviously, you can reach out to me via the website and I'm willing to employ whoever wants to be a part in their passion. So if they want to have kids come to their gym, we can figure out a way to make that happen. 
Um, if they want to be a part of a fundraiser with us to help us build our first facility in D.C., we can obviously do that as well. Um, and then if they want to start uh, a strength to change program at their gym, we can build that as well. You know, I'm, we're, we're a fluid organization right now. Obviously, we have our path and our vision, but if someone's got a great way to be a part and provide that impact that isn't aligned with our goals, we're more than willing to listen. I dig it. Now, I want to zoom out for a minute, Nick. So we've given some really tangible things and, and, and kind of share with the audience how they could potentially get involved with what you've got going on. But let's talk about you. So you've got this gym that you're running. You're running OBP Gym. You, you founded Strength Change. You've got a lot on your plate right now, it sounds like. What are some strategies that you employ to, to be able to manage all of these spinning plates that you have going on right now? So systemizing everything is huge. And I know you guys have talked about this on multiple podcasts that I've heard. And it's just really setting yourself up for success. So my week's uh, time is batched. So every Monday morning, I know the things that I'm focused on. And then Monday after lunch, I know the things that I'm focused on. You know, I'm batching my time for OBP. Hey, here's the focus at this point in time. And then I know when I'm focused on strength to change and nothing gets in that way. If nothing bleeds over, if that time comes up and I'm not done with something from OBP, I've got to stop because I also have a focus on strength to change. And then I, I, I work in, whether it be like Friday afternoon or, you know, Saturday afternoon when I, I could have the opportunity to do something else, but I wasn't able to finish. I have a batch for overflow so it doesn't impact the rest of my week, but I can come back to it and make things happen. Now, Nick, I... Ah, oh, thank you so much for saying this because I think that bashing for the gym owner that is looking to expand, do more, open up another location, you know, start some kind of corporate program, a kids, pro- any, it is crucial that you begin to become significantly more productive than you are today. Now, you you talked about batching your work. Explain to the audience what you mean by that when you say you batch your different activities. So basically, I've got a schedule Monday through Saturday, and I've got an outline from, you know, 5.30 a.m. to 7.30. Here's what I'm working on. I take a short break from 8 to, to 9 or 10, depending on the day. Here's what I'm working on. And that's the same thing every week, whether it be lead generation for the gym, programming for different programs in the gym. Strength to, strength to change outreach, future planning, you know, and I know the time in my day where I'm most productive and I can do admin things. So I put that stuff in the morning. I know the time of the day where I feel good and I just want to stand at a chalkboard and write crazy ideas that I think I can do in the future. And that's kind of where strength to change came from. Um, and that's right after lunch. Maybe I go for an afternoon coffee and bam, I stand up there and I do future planning. And I know what works for me, and I batch every single day, Monday through Saturday, just like that. I like that. I think that's a good lesson for all of us to take away on how you're managing this thing. Now, uh, so that's how you're managing your productivity. Now, do you do anything like for yourself, like to to make sure that you're not getting so tied up in this work that you kind of lose sight of, of, of who you are? Do you batch out time where you kind of do some self-care? Yeah, so I make sure to batch, obviously, my workouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to own a gym and a fitness program and, and not make sure I'm getting that in. And then every morning, actually, 
from seven to eight, or if I pick up some personal training from eight to nine, I make sure to read. So I take a full hour of just me time, my development. Um, mostly it's reading for business currently, just because I'm doing a lot more reading on nonprofits and that kind of thing. But a lot of times I'll read for enjoyment and you know make sure I'm getting a little bit of me time in the day um, to keep keep me sane, I guess. Yeah, no kidding, man. You, you, you really do need that. So uh, a cool thing that you mentioned that you batch in is this time where you stand at a chalkboard and you put just crazy ideas up there. And, you know, you said that this is where Strength to Change was born out of. Now, let's say that, that somebody listening to this doesn't have that time to to think big. How would you recommend we sort of get those juices flowing. If, if maybe a, a, a business owner listening to this or an entrepreneur listening to this feels like they're in a rut for that kind of like big vision and buy-in, you know, where do you start with doing these kinds of things? Um, it definitely ties into vision. So, you know, if, if you don't have a long-term vision of where you want to go or what the world's going to look like when your work is done. I think that's a great way to start. So stand there, ask yourself, when my work is done and all my goals are met, whether that be in my gym ownership or this new thing I want to do, what does the world look like? Or what's that thing that maybe you believe, but if you told someone else, they'd think you were crazy. Yeah. So like, I want to have a strength to change gym in every major city across the United States and then go international. Like, why not, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about yep. that earlier. Yep. Like, kind of a crazy idea, and it's going to be down the road, but hey, someone started the first Boys and Girls Club with a crazy idea. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's weird you say that, Nick. I don't know if you experience this or not, but I, I realize that the more uh, – where am I going with this? Like, when I, when I put something out there to people or, or I mention something – I find that it's a it's generally a good thing to pursue if people really don't get it. You know what I mean? Right. Like you explain this idea to them and they're like, I, I just don't get it. And and generally speaking for me, that's like an indicator of like, all right, I need to go forward with this because that's like, in my opinion, that's almost your unique vision, you know, and the world needs that. Like the, the world needs a Nick man at the chalkboard with this crazy strength to change idea that nobody else gets. Right. Yeah. You know, I've seen like a a saying, I I don't know who it's from, but you know, have visions so big that people think you're crazy. Yeah. And like, if you have those, like you're going places. Exactly. Exactly. Because I think that, you know, certainly when we look, look throughout history with some of the more like iconic uh, personalities and entrepreneurs the, that the initial inception of their idea was completely absurd. No, right. nobody got it. So I think that it's important that we practice having ideas that nobody gets because yeah. it's it's it means that it's something that doesn't exist or something that that you can bring to to fruition with your vision. So uh, speaking of vision, Nick, I want to throw it out in the world. Uh, where do you see, uh, you know, you kind of already hit on it, but I want you to go into a little bit more depth of where where is strength to change, you know, one, five, ten years from now? So I just did a three-year because mm-hmm. I think things are going to change so rapidly as, as you and I have already seen that, like, I don't want to tie myself or go towards something that I could, I could do more. So I did three years, and I want to have – 
a strength exchange gym in three different cities with over 100 athletes at each gym, and that's current. With also a part of the program that we've talked about is that career development piece with the athletes learning how to become personal trainers, group fitness coaches, and I want to have at a minimum 50 of those those guys or gals already trained out into the workforce with jobs they never thought they could have. So three cities for strength to change in the next three years. I like it. So, so uh, again, I, I keep coming back to the people potentially listening to this, and they and this kind of strikes a, a, a chord with them. I would encourage you to get involved with Nick as soon as possible. Uh, reach out to Nick. You can uh, find him at Strength the Number Two Change. Dot com. Hit him up on Twitter if you want. It is at S2Change2. This is the number two. Or on Instagram at strength underscore the number two underscore change. Um, Nick, I'm sure you would be more than happy to, to answer questions, answer an email, um, collaborate on things. And, and also, I do want to throw it out there that if anybody's listening to this that you are a brand rep at at some of uh, you know one of these functional fitness equipment providers, supplements like, and you guys are looking to get involved with these kinds of things. Um, certainly, reach out to Nick. The guy's got incredible vision. He's rock solid on execution. Uh, this strength to change, in my opinion, uh, would be an organization to align yourself with. So so get involved. Nick, anything else that you want to leave uh, the gym owners out there? No, just you know, work hard to your vision every day. When you when you get done with the day, look, ask yourself every day, you know, did I take one step towards my vision today? And if you didn't, self evaluate and make that improvement tomorrow. Not every day is going to be a win, but if you're heading the right direction, you're always uh, you're always good. Right on, brother. Nick, thanks for coming on the show. All right, man. I appreciate it.